0: Good morning. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says... See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone, and a stone that causes men to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy."
1: Thank you. And that's our prayer, that uh, God would take us and all that we are and all that we have to be used for Him. You know, uh, it's wonderful to be in the summer season. I love summer. We're also in another season uh, here in Hamilton County. It's called construction season. Have any of you noticed uh, where I live over in Carmel, there are nine new roundabouts count them, nine that are being were uh, built. And I'm sure that over here in Fishers, there's just as much construction. Uh, you know, you start in one place and you try to get to it, and you, all of a sudden you hit a barricade, and it says, road closed ahead. And uh, not only that, but there's detours, and and then when you add to that uh, fun runs and festival parades and all the other things that we have during the summer season, and you realize that getting from point A to point B can be quite a challenge. Well, that kind of summarizes also the landscape of spirituality at the time of a man, a monk by the name of Martin Luther during the 16th century. And remember, the world was just coming out of what was called the Dark Ages or the Middle Ages and the Renaissance. People were starting to wake up, and they were starting to think for themselves. And one of those was this monk by the name of Martin Luther. And as he looked around at the landscape of the church, he realized that so many of the so much of the leadership of the church was putting up barricades, was closing the road so that normal kind of everyday people wouldn't wouldn't have a meaningful relationship. They couldn't be sure that God loved them and forgave them, and uh, part of that was the fault of of the leadership of the church. In fact, another name for the pope is pontiff. You've heard that name before, and pontiff means bridge builder. And the the spiritual leadership of the church was supposed to be helping to build a bridge for people to have a relationship, but. An, Instead, oftentimes they were throwing up barricades, rules and regulations that you needed to follow. You had to pay certain money like indulgences in order to to assure that you were right with God. And Luther looked to the scriptures and said, no, that's not the right way. He says, God loves you just the way that you are. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. It's through Jesus, then, that we can have life with God, that we are saved by grace, and we simply receive it through faith. Martin Luther said it was like scales falling off of his eyes. And all of a sudden, it opened up to the normal, average person, the road to certainty when it came to their life with God. It was a marvelous thing. Well, something else happened at this time. As... Martin Luther went back to the scriptures, he realized that not only are we saved by grace through faith, but as he searched the scriptures, he also came upon passages that said that every baptized believer is special to God and is used by God for his kingdom purposes. A word for that 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 is often used to delineate or to to label that is called the priesthood of all believers. This was radical because there were three types of people at this time in history. There was the nobility and they lived in the castles and they had lots of servants and slaves and so forth. There was the church and the leadership of the church. They also had a very... uh, uh, easy life they, they were waited on and then there was the average person the laborers the peasants and up until this time the peasants were 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 not seen as being very valuable they couldn't even read the language of god which at that time was latin and that's why oftentimes in the beautiful cathedrals that uh, I visited just a couple weeks ago, they had these wonderful stained glass windows. And the reason they had the stained glass windows, so that people could understand the story of God, the salvation history, because they couldn't read it. And so they saw it at, like in motion picture form in their, in their beautiful stained glass windows. But then things changed. As the Holy Spirit spoke to Luther and others, they realized that every believer has a right to go straight to God, that you don't have to go through Mary, you don't have to go through saints, you don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops uh, that the church invented at that time, you don't have to pay indulgences, none of that. You go right to the Lord because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There is one mediator, one God, and that's Jesus Christ. Well, The priesthood of all believers became a doctrine that came out of Scripture. And you heard this passage, Juliana just read read it a few minutes ago. Uh, And in this 1 Peter 2 passage, there are six different labels or titles for believers in Christ. Listen to it again. Now, one of these titles is used twice. See if you can hear it. As for you, Peter's writing to believers, come to him, the living stone, Because you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So that, verse 9, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. So that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. So did you catch... What's the term that's used twice? Priesthood. The priesthood of believers. A priest. You are a priest. And you say, well, what does that mean? Me, a priest? Uh, especially, you know, at that time of, of, of history. But also today, the devil, the world, and our flesh is always tempting, pulling on us to say, you're, you're worth nothing. You're not a priest. God can't use you. You're a sinner. You're not that valuable at all. And yet by God's grace, God comes to us and he makes us usable. He adopts us into his family so that indeed we are chosen. We are royal. We belong to him. Now, when Peter wrote this, he was writing to Jewish Christians primarily. And they knew all about what a Jewish priest was like. And there were three functions that the Jewish priest was mainly involved in. First of all, they were involved in intercession on behalf of the people. Another word for intercession is prayer, and so they prayed for the people. Second of all, the priests served as a bridge between the people and God, especially when it came uh, to their to their sacrifices. And they would sacrifice on behalf of the people, uh, various animals and other kinds of crops and so forth, uh, as a way to honor God on behalf of the people. A third thing that happened is they proclaimed then the truth of God for His purposes. They shared that God loved them and cared for them. So those were the three aspects. They, pr- they prayed, they sacrificed, and they proclaimed. In his commentary on this section in First Peter, Martin Luther recalling the Old Testament priests and this passage in First Peter wrote these words. He says, Christ is the high and chief priest anointed by God himself. What did he do? He sacrificed his own body for us, which is the highest form of the priest's office. He then prayed for us on the cross. And in the third place, he proclaimed the gospel and taught all men to know God and him himself. Three things that Jesus did. And then he goes on, consequently, all Christians have the authority, the command, and the obligation to do those three things. To preach, to pray, and to offer themselves as a sacrifice to God. So there you have it. God calls you a priest. And what does that mean for us? What does it mean for you in your life? It means that as God has come to us, He wants to move through us, and he wants you to be involved in me in three things. The same three things. First of all, we pray. What What an honor it is and a privilege to be able to pray. And we are told to pray for the leaders, for those who are in authority. We pray for those who point things out to us, teachers, pastors, We pray for those who are closest to us, our family members. We pray for those who are in need. We pray for ourselves, but we pray. And one of the things that Scripture invites us to do in our priestly role is to pray for those who don't yet know Him, those who don't have a living relationship with Him. Can you think of somebody right now? Think of somebody you know who doesn't have a meaningful, a living relationship with Jesus as their Savior. And just in this time, just breathe a prayer. Say, Lord, open up a door for them somehow that they can know you, so that they can love you. And then that prayer could continue and say, and open up a door for me to be able to talk to them in a meaningful way and to share my faith with them. But it all starts with prayer. The second aspect of being a, pr- a priest is that we preach. That's what Martin Luther said. That's what Jesus did. That's what we, we preach. Now, preaching is not a very positive word today. Uh, kids say to their parents, Mom and Dad, quit preaching to me. My adult children say that to us. <laughs> or we say to our spouse, Don't preach at me like that. So let's use a different word. Let's, let's talk about proclaiming or sharing and that's our role as the priesthood of all believers that god has called us as you know not only soak in the gospel but then share it with other people and i found that the most meaningful ways that we can do that is to build a relational bridge with them not a barrier but a bridge and as we become friends with people they they start to trust you and they get to know you and they start asking what makes you different Why aren't you so upset that this happened or that happened? How come you can have a peace that I don't see in other people? How can can you be joyful in spite of it all? Okay, And you win, you earn the opportunity then to tell them about the hope that you have and the certainty of God's love for you and Jesus, your Savior. But you know, it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes you don't have to have that kind of... I, w- I was standing in line with someone uh, uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, there, it was a young man, and uh, instead of looking at his shoes like this, he looked up to me and he said, hi. I said, that's pretty unusual today. And uh, I looked at him and, and I said, yeah, hey, how are you doing? And he says, he said, he says you know, I am blessed. That's what this guy said. And I said, really? Tell me about that. And so we started this conversation and we started talking about our faith, about how God had blessed him and how, how he believed and trusted in Jesus as his Savior. Then we went on to the Pacers and their, and their latest personnel moves, you know. Uh, but it was a great conversation. I am blessed. A simple statement like that can open up a conversation. So we pray, we preach, And the third thing, then, that is part of being part of the priesthood of all believers is that we sacrifice. Now, we don't sacrifice animals like the Old Testament priests did on the altar of God. In fact, we become the sacrifice. It's you and me. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12 says, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is your spiritual worship. You see, we are living sacrifices. How does that happen? What, what does it mean? It means that we're, we're generous people. We give of our love. We give of our kindness. We give of the resources that God has given to us to further his kingdom. And in doing so, we sacrifice so that others then can know the Lord and His grace and His mercy. So that's it. The priesthood of all believers, pray, preach, sacrifice. You know, the uh, religious establishment at Martin Luther's day put up all those barriers uh, you know, and, and made it hard for people to get to know God in a personal way. Martin Luther, in his time at the Wartburg Castle, translated the the Latin Bible into German so that the people could read the Bible, and it was through the Scriptures that people started to understand exactly that God loved them, and that it was by God's grace, and they simply, all they could do was trust in Him and have faith in Him. Not only that, but all those barriers, they started to come down as people worship God in truth and spirit. And as they, as they were opened up to a whole new world of what it meant to be the priesthood of all believers, that God was using them. You know, I, I ask myself, well, what's the barrier today? What's the barrier for us to be active as priests in God's kingdom? I hope that it's not the religious establishment. If so, Victor, you may want to consider reconsider going to the seminary, right? I think the biggest barriers we have are ourselves. It's our own pride. It's our own desire to serve ourselves, to be happy, to be fulfilled. And we find it in lots of other things other than the Lord and His Word. And yet, God and His grace is there for us. I I remember, you know, speaking of the priesthood of all believers, when I received my first call many years ago, I got to the church and a well-meaning layperson, a person in the congregation said, Pastor, I'm so glad that you're here now because now I can just sit back and enjoy. I'm glad we've, we've paid you to do all the work of this church. You know, that's not true. All of us are priests. It's the priesthood of all believers. And I know that we're busy. I know that we've got lots of things on our plates. But by His grace... God fills us with the power of His Holy Spirit and turns us again to the cross so that we understand how much God loves us so that then His love can flow to, out to us. We are the priesthood of believers. Uh, a guy by the name of R.C. Salverson, Salverson wrote a book called The Tragedy of the Unemployed. And the premise of the book talks about the sad state of Christianity today. That so many Christians today are unemployed when it comes to the priesthood of all believers. Let the staff do it. Let the pastors do it. Let let other people do the work. It kind of takes me off the hook. But this author says none of us can be unemployed. It certainly wasn't that way in the early church. When you go through the book of Acts, you see that it it wasn't the apostles, it wasn't the pastors who were the ones who spread the word of God. It was People like you, the priesthood of believers, people who trusted Jesus and his love that went through them out to the world. And friends, that's the future of our faith here today. Here in the United States, it's not gonna be the pastors that make a difference. It's not, that's not how the church is gonna grow. It's gonna grow through you. I'm looking at the priesthood of all believers. And as priests, God has called you to do three things. Remember what they are? Pray, preach or proclaim, and sacrifice, a living sacrifice for God. May the Lord help you to to make that happen in your life and in your heart. Amen.